0: chapter 22 of book 2 of rhetoric this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by geoffrey edwards rhetoric by aristotle translated by thomas taylor chapter 22 of book 2 With respect to nomology, or the doctrine of a sentence, when we have shown what a sentence is, it will then especially become evident about what kind of things, and when, and to what persons, it is fit to employ sentences in orations. But a sentence is an enunciation, yet not about particulars, such as what kind of person Iphicrates was, but about that which is universal yet it is not about all universals such for instance as that a right is contrary to a curved line but it is about those universals with which actions are conversant and those things which in acting are eligible or to be avoided hence because enthymemes are nearly syllogisms about things of this kind if the syllogism is taken away the conclusions and the principles of the enthymemes are sentences Thus, for instance, what Medea in Euripides says is a sentence, viz., It does not become a man of a sound mind to educate his children, so as to render them transcendently wise. This, therefore, is a sentence. But the cause being added, and the why, the whole is an enthymeme. As, for instance, in the words of Medea, For besides the indolence which they thus acquire, they excite the baneful envy of their fellow citizens, quote. and also quote, there is no man who is in all respects happy, quote. and quote, there is not any man who is free. Quote, is a sentence, but the following words being added, it becomes an enthymeme, viz., quote, for he is either the slave of wealth or of fortune if, therefore, a sentence is what we have said it is, there are necessarily four species of a sentence. For it will either subsist in conjunction with an epilogue, or without an epilogue. Those sentences, therefore, require demonstration which assert anything paradoxical, or dubious, but those that assert nothing paradoxical are without an epilogue. But of these it is necessary that some indeed in consequence of being previously known, should require no epilogue, such as, for instance, health, as it appears to us, is the best of things to man, for less it appears to the many. But other sentences, as soon as they are spoken, become manifest to those that consider them, such as, there is no lover who does not always love. Of sentences, however, which are with an epilogue, some indeed are the parts of an enthymeme, as, it does not become a man of a sound mind, but others are enthymematic, yet are not a part of an enthymeme, which also are especially approved. These are sentences in which the cause of what is said is apparent, as in the following, being immortal, do not retain an immortal anger, for to say, it is not proper to retain anger always is a sentence but the addition being a mortal asserts the why or the cause similar to this also is the sentence it is fit that mortals should be wise in mortal and not in immortal concerns from what has been said therefore it is manifest how many species there are of a sentence and to what kind of things each is adapted. For, in things of a dubious or paradoxical nature, a sentence is not to be used without an epilogue. But either an epilogue being added, the sentence must be used as a conclusion, as if any one should say, I, indeed, since it is neither proper to be envious, nor to be indolent, assert that erudition is not requisite. Or, this being previously said, the former assertions must be subjoined but in things which are not paradoxical indeed yet are immanifest the why or cause must be more concisely added and to things of this kind laconic apothegms and enigmas are adapted as if some one should say what stesichorus said among the locrians that it is not proper to behave insolently lest the grasshoppers should sing on the ground A sententious mode of speaking, however, is adapted to him who is more advanced in age. But what he sententiously says must be about things in which he is skilled. Hence it is unbecoming for one who is not so advanced in age to speak sententiously, in the same manner as it is for him to mythologize. But for a man to speak sententiously about things in which he is unskilled is foolish and inerudite of which this is a sufficient indication, that rustics are especially sententious, and easily show that they are so. To assert, however, universally, that which is not universally true, is especially adapted to lamentation and amplification. And in this case, such sentences must be adduced either at the beginning, or when you demonstrate. But it is requisite to employ sentences which are generally known and common, if they are useful for the purpose. For, in consequence of being common, as being acknowledged by all men, they appear to be true. Thus he who exhorts soldiers to encounter danger, though they have not sacrificed, may employ what Hector says to Polydamus, Without a sign his sword the brave man draws, and asks no omen but his country's cause and when those are exhorted to fight who are inferior to their opponents in force it may be said quote, in battle mars to either side inclines when any one likewise is exhorted to destroy the children of enemies though they have done no injury he may say quote, he is a fool who having destroyed the father spares the children farther still some proverbs are also sentences such as the proverb quote, an attic stranger sentences likewise are to be sometimes adduced contrary to those which are generally received, but I mean by those that are generally received such as quote, know thyself quote, and quote, nothing too much, and sentences contrary to these are to be adduced when either the manners will from thence seem to be better or when the thing is spoken pathetically. But a thing is spoken pathetically, if some one, being enraged, should say, It is false that a man ought to know himself, for this man, if he had known himself, would never have solicited the command of the army. And the manners will appear to be better, if it is said, that it is not proper, according to the assertion of bias, to love as if intending hereafter to hate, but rather to hate, as if intending hereafter to love. It is necessary, however, to render the choice manifest by the diction, but if not to subjoin the cause. Thus, for instance, we may either thus speak, that it is necessary to love, not as they say, but as if always intending to love, for the other, i.e., he who loves as if intending hereafter to hate, loves like a treacherous person. Or thus, What is generally asserted does not please me, for a true friend ought to love as one who will love always. Nor does that saying please me, nothing too much, for it is necessary to hate vehemently bad men. But these sentences afford great assistance to orations, one cause of which arises from the arrogance of the hearers, for they are delighted if any one speaking universally happens to adduce opinions which they have formed about some particular things. My meaning, however, will be manifest from what follows, and at the same time it will be evident how these sentences are to be investigated, for a sentence is, as we have said, a universal enunciation, but the auditors are delighted when that is universally asserted, which they have preconceived partially. Thus, for instance, if any one happens to have had bad neighbours or children, he will adopt the sentence, that nothing is more troublesome than vicinity. and that nothing is more stupid than the procreation of children hence it is necessary to conjecture what the opinion of the audience will be about particulars and afterwards to adduce universal sentences conformable to their opinion and this is one use which speaking sententiously ought to possess but there is another use of it which is superior to this for it causes orations to become ethical and those orations are ethical in which the deliberate intention of the speaker is manifest all sentences however effect this because he who employs the sentence speaks universally about things which are the objects of deliberate choice hence if the sentences are good they cause the speaker to appear to be one who possesses worthy manners and thus much concerning a sentence what it is how many species there are of it how sentences are to be employed and what advantages they possess chapter twenty three let us now speak concerning enthymemes universally after what manner they are to be investigated and in the next place let us show what are the places of enthymemes for there is a different species of each of these that an enthymeme therefore is a certain syllogism and how it is a syllogism we have before shown and also in what it differs from dialectic syllogisms. For neither ought things remote to be collected, nor are all things to be collectively assumed, since the former will be obscure from their length, and the latter will be nugatory, through speaking of things which are obvious. For this is the reason why the unlearned are more capable of producing persuasion among the crowd than the learned, since, as the poets say, The unlearned speak more elegantly to a mob, Close for the unlearned speak of things common and universal which are adapted to the comprehension of the multitude but the learned speak of things which they know and which are near hence rhetorical enthymemes must not be composed from everything which is probable but from things of a definite nature such as are those things which appear probable to the judges or which the judges admit nor is it requisite that these things should be approved by all the auditors but it is sufficient, if they are approved, by the greater part of them. It is likewise requisite, not only to collect from things which are necessary, but also from things which have a frequency of subsistence. In the first place, therefore, it is necessary to assume, that concerning the thing of which it is requisite to speak and syllogize, whether by employing a political, or any other syllogism, concerning this it is necessary to possess all or some of the things which are inherent in it for, if we possess none of them, no conclusion can be made from nothing. I say, for instance, how can we advise the Athenians to engage in war or not, unless we know what their power is, whether naval or land, or both, how great it is, what their revenue is, who are their friends and enemies, and farther still, what wars they have waged, and how they were carried on, and other things of the like kind. How likewise could we praise them, if we were not acquainted with the naval battle at Salamis, or the battle at Marathon, or the deeds which they performed for the Heraclidae, or anything else of the like kind. For all men praise others from beautiful transactions which exist, or appear to exist. In a similar manner also, in blaming the Athenians, we must direct our attention to the contraries to these things, considering what particular of a contrary kind pertains to them, or appears to pertain to them such as that they enslaved the greeks and subdued those who fought with them against the barbarian and behaved most intrepidly viz the egenita and potidata and other things of the like kind and whatever other crime may be laid to their charge thus too both those who accuse and those who defend accuse and defend by directing their attention to inherent particulars But it makes no difference whether we speak of the Athenians, or the Lacedaemonians, of God or man. For he who advises Achilles, who praises or blames, accuses or defends him, must assume things which are inherent, or appear to be inherent, that from these he may in praising or blaming, show whether anything beautiful in conduct or base is inherent, in accusing or defending, may show whether anything just or unjust is inherent and in advising whether anything advantageous or detrimental is present the like method must also be adopted in every other thing thus for instance in investigating whether justice is good or not our attention must be directed to what is inherent in justice or in good hence since it appears that this method is adopted by all men whether they syllogize more accurately or remissly for their assumptions are not derived from all things but from such as are inherent in each particular, and through reasoning, since it is evident that it is otherwise impossible to prove what they wish to prove, this being the case, it is obvious, as we have shown in the topics, that about each question in things contingent, and the time best adapted to them, it is necessary to have, in the first place, things of a more select nature, The investigation, likewise, must be made after the same manner in things of an unexpected nature, so that our attention must not be directed to the indefinite, but to things inherent, which are the subject of the oration. Of the things inherent, likewise, the greater part, and those which are nearest the subject, must be included in the oration, for... By how much the greater the number of things inherent is, which the orator possesses, by so much more easily will he prove that which he wishes to prove, and by how much more proximate the particulars are which he details, by so much the more appropriate will they be, and less common. But I call common things, indeed, such as to praise Achilles, because he is a man, and because he is among the number of demigods, and because he fought against Troy for these particulars belong also to many others, so that praise of this kind no less pertains to Achilles than to Diomed. Things peculiar, however, are such as happen to no other person than Achilles, such as to have slain Hector, the bravest of the Trojans, and Cygnus, who, being invulnerable, prevented the Greeks from descending from their ships to the land, and that being very young he entered into the army, though he was not bound by an oath to fight against the Trojans. These and other things of the like kind are peculiar to Achilles. This, therefore, is one place of selection, and is the first topical place. Chapter twenty-four. Let us now speak of the elements of enthymemes. But I call the same thing the element and place of an enthymeme, let us, however, first speak of those things which it is necessary in the first place to discuss. For there are two species of enthymemes, and the first species contains ostensive enthymemes, which show that a thing is or is not, but the other species is adapted to confutation. They differ also in the same manner, as in dialectics an elenchus and syllogism differ. But an ostensive enthymeme is when the conclusion is collected from things acknowledged, and the enthymeme adapted to confutation is when things not acknowledged are collected in the conclusion. Nearly, therefore, places have been delivered by us about each of the useful and necessary species, for propositions respecting each have been selected. Hence we have shown from what places it is requisite to derive enthymemes about good or evil, the beautiful or the base, the just or the unjust, and in a similar manner places have been assigned by us concerning manners, passions, and habits. Again, therefore, it remains that after another manner we should assume universally concerning all the three genera of orations, indicating which of them are adapted to confutation, and are ostensive, and what are the places of apparent enthymemes, but which are not enthymemes in reality, since neither are they syllogisms. But these things being rendered manifest, we shall discuss solutions and objections, and show whence it is requisite to adduce these against enthymemes. One place, therefore, of ostensive enthymemes is from contraries, for it is necessary to consider whether one contrary is inherent in another, subverting indeed, if it be not inherent, but confirming if it is inherent. For instance, we may thus show that to act temperately is good, for to act intemperately is noxious, or, as in the Messenian oration of Alcidamus, for, if war is the cause of the present evils, it is necessary to correct those evils with peace, for, as a certain tragic poet argues in Greek senaries quote, If it is not just to fall into anger with those who have done evil willingly, Neither is it fit, if any one has acted beneficently from compulsion, to be grateful to him. But, if to speak falsely is, among mortals calculated to persuade, it is requisite to think that, on the contrary, many things are true, which are considered by mortals as incredible. Another place is from similar cases, for it is necessary that they should be similarly inherent, or not inherent. Thus, from this place, it may be shown that not everything which is just is good. For if everything just were eligible and good, everything which is justly done would be eligible and good. But now to die justly is not eligible. Another place is from relatives. For if someone has acted well or justly, another has suffered well or justly. And if to command is just, it is also just to obey the command. As the publican, Diomedon, said about the tributes, For, said he to the people, It is not disgraceful in you to sell the tributes, neither is it disgraceful in us to buy them. And if one man deservedly and justly suffers a loss, he who caused him to suffer it acted well and justly. And if he who caused another to suffer a loss acted well and justly, he who sustained the loss sustained it well and justly. In this place, however, it is possible to paralogize, for if a man died justly, he suffered justly, but perhaps not by you. Hence it is necessary to consider separately whether he who suffered deserved to suffer, and whether he who did the thing deserved to do it, unless to infer what is adapted and appropriate, for sometimes a thing of this kind is dissonant, and nothing impedes, as in the Alcymian of Theodectes. Quote, Did never any mortal hate thy mother? To which the answer is, quote, Distinctly this must be considered. Alphacibah, also inquiring, quote, How, therefore, have the judges condemned thee? Alcmion answered, quote, Of death deserving she was judged, but I, twas said, could not have slain my mother. Thus, likewise, on the trial of Demosthenes, and those who slew Nicanor, because they were judged to have slain him justly, it appeared that he was justly put to death. In like manner, when a certain person was slain at Thebes, it was inquired in the court of justice whether he had been unjustly slain, as if it were not unjust to slay him who deserved to die. Another place is from the more and the less, such as, if even the gods do not know all things, much less do men. For the meaning of this is, if the more is not inherent in that in which it ought to be more inherent, it is evident that neither will it be inherent in that in which the less is inherent. But this place, that he will strike his neighbour who strikes his father, depends on this, that if the less is inherent, the more also will be inherent. And... This place is useful for both purposes, viz., whether it be requisite to show that a thing is inherent, or is not. Farther still, if a thing is inherent, neither more nor less. Whence it is said, in a certain tragedy, Is thy father to be pitied, because he has lost a son? And is not Aeneas to be equally commiserated, who has lost his son, Miliager, one of the most illustrious of the Greeks, and that if Theseus did not act unjustly in ravaging Helen, neither did Paris. And if the Tindarida, i.e., Castor and Pollux, did not act unjustly in ravishing the daughters of Leucippus, neither did Paris. Likewise, if Hector did not act unjustly in slaying Patroclus, neither did Paris in slaying Achilles. And if other artists are not vile men, neither are philosophers, and if generals are not vile, because they are frequently conquered, neither are sophists, and that if a private person ought to be careful of your renown, you also ought to be careful of the renown of the Greeks. Another place consists in the consideration of time, as is exemplified in what Iphicrates says in his oration against Harmodius. For said he, quote, if before I had done the thing, I had demanded a statue in case I did it, you would have granted it to me, and will you not grant it now I have done the thing? You would not therefore, when expecting a benefit, promise a reward and refuse it when you have received the benefit, Close quote. and again, for the purpose of persuading, That the Thebans ought to permit Philip to pass through their land into Attica, it may be said that if he had made this request before he sent you assistance against the phocenses, you would have permitted it. It is absurd, therefore, that because he then neglected to ask permission and trusted you would grant it, that you should now deny it to him. Another place is taken from things said and reported on the speaker. And this mode is eminently useful, and was employed in the tragedy of Teocris by Iphicrates against Aristophon, when he inquired of him whether he would have betrayed the ships for money, and when Aristophon denied that he would, Iphicrates afterwards said, quote, You therefore being Aristophon would not have betrayed them, and should I being Iphicrates have betrayed them? Close quote. It is necessary, however, that he who is opposed should appear to have acted more unjustly than the opponent. For if not, it would seem to be ridiculous, if any one had said this against Aristides, accusing who was in every respect worthy of belief, and which ought to have been said against an accuser, who did not deserve to be credited. For in short, the plaintiff ought to be considered as better than the defendant. He therefore who opposes another should always reprobate this, and universally that which is said is absurd when any one who reproves others in things which he himself does or would have done if he could or who persuades others to do those things which he himself does not do nor would have done another place is derived from definition such for instance as that which is demoniacal is nothing else than either god or the work of god but whoever thinks that it is the work of god, must necessarily think that there are gods, and, as Iphicrates said, against a certain person named Harmodius, he who is the best of men is most generous or noble, for there was nothing generous in Harmodius and Aristogiton till they had accomplished some generous undertaking. He added that he was more allied to, i.e., he more resembled the ancient Harmodius. For my works, said he, are more allied to the works of Harmodius and Aristogiton than thine. And, as in the oration concerning Paris, all men will confess that those who are intemperate are not satisfied with the enjoyment of one body. Hence Socrates said that he would not go to Archelaus, king of Macedonia, For it is disgraceful, said he, for him who has received a benefit, not to be able to recompense him from whom he received it, just as it is disgraceful, in him who has been used ill, not to return the ill-treatment. For all these, defining and assuming what a thing is, syllogize about the things which are the subjects of their speech. Another place is derived from multiplicity of diction, as in the topics an argument is derived from that which has a rectitude of subsistence, being multifariously predicated. Another place is derived from division, as if all men act unjustly for the sake of three things. For they act unjustly either for the sake of this, viz. utility, or for the sake of this, viz. pleasure, or, for the sake of this, viz., because they are enraged. But for the sake of two of these, they could not do the injury, and, the opponents themselves confess, they did not do it for the sake of the third. Another place is from induction, as from the oration inscribed Peparthia, in which it is said, quote, let women everywhere determine truly about the birth of children. For this is evident from what happened at Athens, since when Mantius the rhetorician was dubious about his son, his doubts were dissolved by the mother of the child. This likewise happened at Thebes. For when Ismenes and Stilbo contended which of them was the father of Thessalicus, Dedonus demonstrated that he was the son of Ismenes, and on this account, the Salicus was considered as the offspring of Ismenes. And again, from the law of the Adectes, if no one would commit his horses to the care of those who do not pay a proper attention to the horses of others, nor his ships to those who destroy the ships of others, and if the like takes place in all things. We ought not to commit our safety to those who have badly attended to the safety of others, and, as Alcidamus says, quote, that all men honour the wise, close quote. for the Parians honour Archilochus, though he blasphemed them, and the Chians honour Homer, though he was not their fellow-citizen, and the Mitlenans Sappho, though she was a woman. The Lacedaemonians also, though they were in the smallest degree philologists, made Chilo one of their senators. The Italians likewise honoured Pythagoras, and the Lampsini buried Anaxagoras, though he was a stranger, and honour him even now. Again, the Athenians, by using the laws of Solon, were happy, and the Lacedaemonians, by using those of Lycurgus. The city of the Thebans, also, as soon as philosophers were their governors, became happy. Another place is derived from the judgment made about the same, or a similar, or a contrary thing. And this, indeed, is especially the case, if it is the judgment of all men, and always, but if not, if it is the judgment of most men, or of all, or the greater part of wise men, or of good men or if it is the decision of those who are judges or of those whom the judges approve or of those against whom there is no judgment to be given as of princes or of those whose judgment it is not becoming to oppose such as the gods a father or preceptors but of this place there are many examples and one is what autocles said against mixodemides if it were well indeed For the venerable goddesses, the Furies, to plead their cause in the Areopagus, can it be improper for Myxidemides to do so? Another is what Sappho said that to die is an evil, for the gods have judged it to be so, since otherwise they themselves would die. Another is what Aristippus said against Plato, asserting something as he thought too positively. but our associate, said he, meaning Socrates, affirms no such thing. Another example is that of Agesipulus, who at Delphi inquired of the god Apollo, having prior to this consulted the oracle of Jupiter Olympus, quote, whether the son was of the same opinion as the father, as if it were shameful for a son to descend from his father. Another is that of Isocrates, concerning Helen who shows that she was a worthy character, because Theseus judged her to be so, and who also says the same thing of Paris, because the goddesses preferred his judgment to that of other men. He likewise asserts that Evagoras was a worthy character, quote, because Conan, when his affairs were adverse, leaving everyone else, came to Evagoras. Close quote. Another place is from the enumeration of parts, as in the topics where it is inquired what kind of motion the soul is for it is either this or that viz it must either be the motion which is a change in quality or relation or argumentation or generation an example of this place is from theodex in his oration in defence of socrates when he was accused by the judges what temple has socrates violated and what gods has he not reverenced among those whose honours are legally established by the city? Another place is from consequent good or evil. For, since in most things it happens that some good and evil are consequent to them, we may employ consequent good for the purpose of persuading, praising, and defending, but consequent evils for the purpose of dissuading, blaming, and accusing. Thus, for instance, we may blame literary pursuits, because envy is consequent to erudition, which is an evil, and we may also praise them, because they are attended with wisdom which is a good. Hence, in the former case, we may say that it is not proper to acquire erudition, because it is not proper to be envied, but in the latter, that it is proper to acquire erudition, for it is requisite to be wise. In this place the art of the rhetorician callipus consists, to which he added what pertains to the possible, and other things, of which we have already spoken. Another place is, when about two things, and those opposed to each other, it is requisite either to exhort or dissuade, and to use the before-mentioned place in both ways. But it differs from that place in this, that there casual things are opposed. But here, contraries only. Thus, for instance, a certain priest would not suffer his son to speak in public, quote, for if close quote, said he, quote, "You speak what is just, men will hate you." But if what is unjust, the gods. Close quote. It is necessary, however, on the other hand, to speak in public, for if you speak what is just, the gods will love you, but if what is unjust men will love you this however is the same thing with the saying of buying oil and salt and this argument may be retorted when to each of two contraries good and evil are consequent each being contrary to each another place is because the same things are not praised openly and secretly but just and beautiful things are especially praised openly and privately men are more inclined to praise what is advantageous. One of these, therefore, we must endeavour to collect, for this place is the most principal of paradoxes. Another place is derived from analogy, and was used by Iphicrates, for when the Athenians wished to compel his younger son, because he was large, to engage in public service, Iphicrates said, that if great boys were to be considered as men, little men should be decreed to be boys. And Theodex, in the law, said, quote, You have made mercenaries, such as Strabases and Charidamus citizens, on account of their probity, but you have not made exiles of those among the mercenaries who have acted nefariously. Another place is, when, in consequence of the same thing following from two things, it is shown that the things from which it happens to follow are the same. As when Xenophanes said, quote, that those were similarly impious who assert that the gods were generated, and those who assert that they die. For in both ways it happens that at a certain time the gods do not exist. Close quote. And in short, that which happens from each is always to be assumed as the same, this place was also used by some one in the defence of socrates for he said you are about to pass sentence not on socrates but on his pursuit whether it be requisite to philosophize and it may be said that to give earth and water is to become slaves and that to participate of common peace is to do what is commanded to be done But whichever of these is useful must be assumed. Another place is derived from this, that the same men do not always choose the same thing in a posterior or prior time, but conversely, as in this enthymeme, If when we were exiles we fought, in order that we might return, shall we, having returned, fly in order that we may not fight? Close for at one time the athenians chose to fight that they might return to their country and at another time they were unwilling to leave their country lest they should be obliged to fight another place is when we affirm any to have been done on account of some cause through which it might have been done though it was not in reality done through it as if one man should give something to another in order that, by afterwards taking it away, he may give him pain. Hence, also, it is said, in a certain tragedy, quote, The demon gives great prosperity to many, yet not with a benevolent intention, but in order that they may receive more conspicuous calamities. Close quote. And in the Meliager of Antiphon, who, that he might praise Meliager, says, quote, There was a concourse of people from all Greece, not for the purpose of killing the boar, but that they might be witnesses of the valour of Meliager. Another example is from the Ajax of Theodex, in which it is said, quote, that Diomed preferred Ulysses as his associate in the nocturnal adventure, not for the purpose of honouring him, but that he might have one to attend him who was his inferior. For it is possible he might have thus acted with this view. Another place is common, both to litigants and counsellors, and consists in considering whatever pertains to exhortation and dissuasion, and for the sake of which things are done and avoided, for these are such as ought to be done when they are present. For instance, it must be considered whether a thing is possible, and easy to be effected, and whether it is beneficial, either to a man himself, or to his friends, or whether it is noxious and pernicious to his enemies, or is at least attended with greater emolument than loss. And exhortations are to be derived from these places, and dehortations from the contraries. From the same places also accusations and defences may be derived. Defense, indeed, from those which pertain to dissuasion, but accusation from those which pertain to exhortation, and in this place the whole art of Pamphilus and Calippus consists. Another place is derived from things which appear indeed to be done, but are incredible, because they would not be credited unless they were, or nearly were, in existence, and this in an eminent degree, for whatever is done is apprehended to be done either because it has been truly done or is of itself credible and probable if therefore a thing is incredible and not probable it will be true that it has been done for it does not appear to have been done in consequence of being probable and credible thus androcles pythius accusing the law said the multitude being tumultuous whilst he was speaking the laws require a law to correct them For fishes also require salt, though it may seem neither probable, nor credible, that animals nourished in salt should require salt, and olives require oil, though it may seem incredible that those things from which oil is produced should be in want of oil. CHAPTER twenty-five. Another place which is adapted to confutation is derived from considering things which are not assented to viz. from considering, if anything, is not admitted from all times, actions, and speeches. And this, indeed, may be done separately in the person of the opponent, as, He says that he loves you Athenians, and yet he has conspired with the thirty tyrants against his country. And separately, as to the person himself, as, He says, indeed, that I am litigious, but he cannot show that i ever sued any man it may also be done separately both as to the person himself and his opponent as and this man indeed never lent any money but i have ransomed many of you another place is useful with respect to men and things that have been calumniated but which do not appear to have deserved it and this consists in assigning the cause of the paradox for there is something which gave rise to the appearance. Thus, for instance, a certain woman was calumniated with reference to her son, for in consequence of embracing him it seemed as if she had connection with the lad. But the cause of her embracing him being assigned, the calumny was dissolved. Thus, too, in the Ajax of Theodex, Ulysses says against Ajax, that though he is braver than Ajax, yet he does not seem to be so. Another place is derived from cause, which, if it exists, the effect also exists, but if it is not, neither does the effect exist. For cause, and that of which it is the cause, subsist together, and nothing is without a cause. Thus Letimus, in defending himself, when Thrasybulus accusing him said, that his name has been branded with infamy, on a pillar in the Acropolis, but the inscription had been erased by the thirty tyrants, replied, that this was not possible, for if it had taken place, the thirty tyrants would have placed more confidence in him, in consequence of his hatred to the people having been inscribed on a pillar. Another place is from considering whether it was or is possible to advise or do or have done a thing, better than it was advised to be, or is, or was done. For it is evident, that, if it does not thus subsist, it was not done, since no one willingly, and knowingly, deliberately chooses what is bad. This place, however, is false, for frequently it becomes afterwards evident, how it was possible to have acted better, though this was before a manifest. Another place is derived from considering when something is intended to be done, contrary to what has been done. Thus, Xenophanes, when the Eleans asked him whether they should sacrifice to Leucathia and lament her or not, advised them: if they thought her a goddess, not to lament her, but if a mortal, not to sacrifice to her. Another place is derived from accusing or defending errors, Thus, for instance, in the Meta of the poet Carcinus, some persons accuse her of having slain her children, because they no longer appear, bracket, for Meta erred in sending away her sons, close bracket. but she defends herself by saying, quote, that if she had intended to commit murder, she would not have slain her children, but Jason, for in not slaying Jason, she would have acted wrong, even if she had done the other thing, i.e. slain her children. This place, however, and species of Enthemim, formed the whole prior rhetorical art of Theodorus. Another place is derived from name, as Sophocles of a certain woman named Sidro, "'Tis clear thou iron art, and bearst the name." Close quote. Thus also it is usual to celebrate the gods from the signification of their names Conan, likewise called thrasybulus audacious and herodicus said of thrasymachus thou art always thrasymachus i e bold in fight he also said of polus you are always polus i e a colt herodicus likewise said of draco the legislator that his laws were not the laws of a man but of a dragon for they were severe Close quote. another example is derived from what hecuba says in the troades of euripides when speaking of venus and the name of the goddess i e aphrodite is rightly derived from aphrosoon i e folly and as Coremon, the comic poet says quote, pentheus was so denominated from future calamity Those enthymemes, however, which are adapted to confutation, are more approved than those that are ostensive, because the former are short collections of contraries, but parallels are more obvious to the hearer. Of all syllogisms, however, as well those that are adapted to confutation, as those that are ostensive, those especially excite perturbation in the auditors, which manifest themselves as soon as they begin to be enunciated yet not because their meaning is superficial for the auditors are at the same time delighted that they foresaw from the beginning what would follow this likewise is the case with those syllogisms which are understood as soon as they are completely enunciated chapter twenty six since however it is possible that one thing may be a syllogism and another not but only appear to be so it is likewise necessary with respect to an enthymeme that this should be and that should not be but should only appear to be an enthymeme since an enthymeme also is a certain syllogism but there are places of apparent enthymemes one indeed in the diction and of this one part as in dialectics is when though nothing is syllogistically concluded yet at the last it is inferred. It is not therefore this, or that, or it necessarily is this, or that. What also is said in enthymemes contortly, and oppositely, appears to be an enthymeme, though it is not so in reality. For such a diction is the receptacle of enthymeme, and a thing of this kind appears to be from the figure of the diction, For the purpose, however, of speaking syllogistically in the diction, it is useful to produce the heads of many syllogisms, as, These he saved, others he avenged, but he liberated the Greeks. For each of these is demonstrated from others. But from the conjunction of these something appears to be effected. Another place of apparent ensimims is derived from equivocation, as, if some one should say, quote, that a mouse is a worthy animal, for the mysteries are the most honorable of all initiatory rites. Or, if some one, making an encomium on a dog, should also comprehend in his encomium the celestial dog, or the god Pan, because Pindar says, quote, O blessed, whom the Olympiad gods call the all-various dog, of the great goddess or if it should be said that it is most dishonourable there should be no dog so that it is evident that a dog is honourable and to say that hermes is the most communicative of all the gods for he alone is called common hermes likewise to say that logos speech, is most worthy because good men are worthy, not of riches, but of logos-speech. For to be worthy of logos is most simply predicated. Another place consists in speaking things which are separated, conjunctively, or things which are conjoined, disjunctively. For, since each of these modes of speaking appears to be the same, though frequently it is not the same, it is requisite to adopt whichever of these is more useful. The first example of this place is that of Euthydemus, to know, being in Sicily, that there is a three-banked galley in the Piraeus. Another example is, that he who knows the elements of a verse knows the verse, for a verse is the same thing, as the elements from which it is composed. Another example of this place is, that since twice so much of a thing is noxious, neither can the half of that quantity be said to be salubrious, for it is absurd, if two things are good, that one of them should be bad. Thus, therefore, this place is useful, for the purpose of computation, But it is ostensive, as follows, quote, For one good is not two evils. In short, this place is paralogistic. Again, another example is that of Polycrates, respecting Thrasybulus, quote, that he deposed the thirty tyrants, close quote, for this is conjunctive, or what is said in the Orestus of Theodex, for it is from division, or is disjunctive, viz., quote, it is just that she who killed her husband should die, and it is also just that a son should revenge his father. It is just, therefore, that the mother, Clytemnestra, should be slain by the son, Orestes. For if these sentences are conjoined, the conclusion perhaps will no longer be just. In this sophism, likewise, there is a fallacy of defect, for it is not expressed by whom it is just that the mother should be slain. Another place consists in confirming or confuting by exaggeration, and this is when a man, not showing that he has done a certain deed, amplifies the thing, for thus he causes it to appear either that he has not done the deed when he who defends the cause amplifies, or that he did it when the accuser was enraged. Hence it is not an enthymeme, for the hearer falsely collects that he has or has not done the deed the thing not being demonstrated another place is derived from a sign for this also is unsyllogistic as if some one should say lovers are advantageous to cities for the love of harmodius and aristogiton deposed the tyrant hipparchus and likewise if some one should say that dionysius was a thief for he was a depraved character for this is unsyllogistic since not every depraved character is a thief but every thief is a depraved character another place is derived from that which is accidental as in what polycrates said of the mice quote, that they aided the city by gnawing the bowstrings of the enemy close quote. or if some one should say that to be invited to supper is a most honourable thing for Achilles, in consequence of not being invited, was enraged against the Greeks in Tenedos. But he, as being despised, was angry, and this happened because he was not invited. Another place is derived from that which is consequent, as, for instance, in what is said of Paris, quote, that he was magnanimous, for, despising an association with the multitude, he dwelt in Mount Ida by himself. Close quote. For because magnanimous men are lovers of solitude, Paris also may appear to be magnanimous. And quote, since a certain person decorates himself and wanders by night, he is an adulterer close quote, because adulterers also are men of this kind. In a similar manner, it may be proved that mendicants and exiles are happy. Quote, because mendicants sing, and dance in temples, and because it is permitted exiles to dwell where they please. For because these things are present with those that appear to be happy, those also to whom these things are present may seem to be happy. There is here, however, a difference in the mode, on which account this example falls into defect, i.e., it is a fallacy of defect another place is derived from that which is causeless as if it were a cause as when that which is done together with another thing or after it is assumed as if it had been done for the sake of it and this place is especially used by politicians as by Demedes who said quote, that the administration of demosthenes was the cause of all evils since war happened after it Close quote another place is derived from a deficiency in the time when, and the manner in which a thing is done, such, for instance, as this, that Paris justly ravished Helen, for the choice was given to Helen of marrying whom she pleased. For perhaps this choice was not given to her always, but at first, and the authority of her father over her extended so far as to this, or, as if someone should say, that to strike freemen is insolence. Close quote, for it is not entirely so, but when he who strikes was not provoked. Farther still, another place is when in litigious disputes an apparent syllogism is produced from that which is simply and that which is not simply, as in dialectics it is shown that non-being is being, for non-being is non-being, and it is also shown that what is unknown is the object of science. For the unknown is the object of science, because it is unknown, i.e., because it is known, that it is unknown. Thus also in orations there is an apparent enthymeme, from that which is not simply probable, but is a certain probable thing. This probability, however, does not take place universally. As Agatho also says, perhaps some one may say that this is probable, that many things which are not probable happen to mortals. For that which is unlikely happens. Hence what is unlikely is likely. But, if this be the case, that which is not probable is probable. This, however, is not simply true. But, as in contentious arguments, a fallacy is produced, when a limitation restraining to a part, to a place, to a time, or a signifying relation, is not added. So here, that which is improbable, is not simply probable, but is a certain probability. But the art of Corax is composed from this place, for whether the person be not obnoxious to the crime, as he who is weak escapes an action for an assault, for it is not likely that he committed an assault, or whether he be obnoxious, as being a strong man, he has the same defence, unless a certain probability is apparent, and the like takes place in other things, for a man must necessarily be obnoxious to the crime, or not. Both, therefore, appear to be probable, and the one is indeed probable in reality, but the other not simply, but in the way we have shown. And this it is, to make the inferior argument to be superior, Hence men were justly indignant with what Protagoras professed to accomplish, for what he announced is false, and not true, but is apparently probable, and exists in no art, but in the rhetorical and contentious, and thus much concerning enthymemes, both the true and the apparent. CHAPTER twenty-seven. It now follows that we should speak concerning the solutions of enthymemes but it is possible to dissolve them by contrary reasoning, or by introducing an objection. With respect to contrary reasoning, therefore, it is evident that it may be effected from the same places. For syllogisms are composed from things that are probable, but many probable things appear to be contrary to each other. But objections are introduced, in the same manner as in the topics, in four ways, for they are introduced either from the same or from the similar, or from the contrary, or from the judgment and authority of others. By an objection, however, being introduced from the same, I mean as if, for instance, the enthymeme should be concerning love, that it is a worthy thing, an objection may be made to it in a twofold respect. For either it may be said universally, that all indigence is evil, or partially, that it would not be proverbially said, conus love unless there was also base love but an objection is introduced from the contrary when if the enthymeme should be that a good man benefits all his friends it may be objected that neither does a bad man act ill towards all his friends an objection also is introduced from similars when the enthymeme is that those who receive an injury always hate the authors of it For it may be objected quote, that neither do those who are benefited always love their benefactor close quote. and objections which are introduced from the judgments of illustrious men are as if the enthymeme were quote, that it is requisite to pardon those who are intoxicated for they err ignorantly close quote. the objection is quote, that Pittacus therefore does not deserve to be praised for he should not have legally established greater punishments for intoxication, if he who is intoxicated errs through ignorance. Enthymemes, however, are derived from four things, and these four are the probable, example, tecmerion, i. e. a necessary sign, and a sign, not necessary. But those enthymemes, which are collected from things that exist for the most part, or appear to exist are derived from probabilities those which are derived from the similar either from one or many similar things when the orator assuming what is universal syllogistically collects what is particular exist through example but those which exist through what is necessary and real are through techmerian and those that exist through what is universal or particular whether it really is or not, are through signs which are not necessary. But a probable thing is that which does not exist always, but for the most part. Hence it is manifest that enthymemes of this kind may always be dissolved if an objection is introduced. The solution, however, is sometimes apparent and not always true, for he who objects does not dissolve the enthymeme by showing that the thing is not probable, but by showing that it is not necessary. Hence, the defendant has always the advantage of the plaintiff, through this paralogism. For, since the plaintiff demonstrates through probabilities, but the solution is not the same which shows either that the thing is not probable, or that it is not necessary, and that which exists for the most part is always liable to objection. For otherwise it would not be a probability, but would be always necessary. Close Hence the judge, if this mode of solution is adopted, will think either that the thing is not probable, or that it must not be judged by him, in consequence, as we have said, of being deceived by false reasoning. For it is requisite that he should not only judge from things which are necessary, but also from probabilities, for this is to judge most judiciously. The solution, therefore, of an enthymeme is not sufficient, which shows that a thing is not necessary. But it is requisite that the solution should also show that it is not probable. But this will happen if the objection rather shows that the thing for the most part subsists. It is possible, however, that a thing may happen for the most part, or frequently, in a twofold respect, viz. either from time, or from circumstances but principally if from both. For if things which frequently happen thus subsist, this is more probable. But signs which are not necessary, and enthymemes derived through a sign, are solved in the way we mentioned in the first book. For that every such sign is unsyllogistic is evident to us from the analytics. Enthymemes, however, derived from examples, are solved after the same manner as enthymemes derived from probabilities for if we can adduce a contrary example in which the thing is not so, the enthymeme is solved, because the thing is not necessary, or because many things have happened frequently, and in a different manner. But if many things have happened frequently, and in this manner, then it must be contended either that the present circumstance is not similar, or is not similarly disposed, or has a certain difference. Techmeria, however, i.e. necessary signs, and enthymemes, which are of the nature of tecmeria, cannot be solved in consequence of being unsyllogistic. But this is evident to us from the analytics. It remains, therefore, to show that what is said, viz., that certain premises do not exist. But if it is evident that the premises do exist, and that the enthymeme is derived from tecmerian, then the enthymeme becomes insoluble for all things now become apparent, from demonstration. Chapter 28 To amplify, however, and diminish, are not the elements of an enthymeme. For I call the same thing an element and a place. For an element, as also a place, is that into which many enthymemes fall. But to amplify and diminish are enthymemes for the purpose of showing that a thing is great or small as likewise that it is good or evil, just or unjust, or anything else, and all these are the things with which syllogisms and enthymemes are conversant, so that if no one of these is the place of an enthymeme, neither are amplification and diminution. Neither are enthymemes which have the power of solving the arguments of the opponent any other species of enthymeme than those which are employed in confirmation for it is evident that he solves the arguments of his opponent, who either shows the contrary to what his opponent asserts, or introduces an objection. But he proves the opposite. Thus, if one shows that a thing has been done, the other shows that it has not been done. And if one shows that it has not, the other shows that it has been done. So that here, indeed, there will be no differences, for both use the same enthymemes since they introduce enthymemes to show that the thing is or is not. An objection, however, is not an enthymeme, but, as we have shown in the topics, it is to declare a certain opinion from which it will be evident that the conclusion is not syllogistical, or that something false has been assumed. And thus much has been said by us respecting examples and sentences, and, in short, respecting what pertains to the reasoning power, whence we may abound with enthymemes, and how we may solve them, it now remains to discuss what pertains to diction and order. End of Book Two recording in memory of Mitchell Edwards.